he's referred to as the man in the back of the room and introduced as the voice of God. He's told U.S. presidents where to sit, given Tony and Grammy award-winning celebrities direction, and lectured scads of students. But as he likes to point out, the event entertainment expert you don't know, you don't know, Anthony Bellata. And Bellatified. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bolotify, the one and only podcast about event entertainment and engagement. I'm Anthony Bolotta. I'm here, as I am every single week, with the one and only Alex Impostalini. Say, what's up? What's happening? What's up, Buttercup? What's up, Buttercup? How are you? You know, we're doing all right. It's uh, it's a lovely Tuesday morning here and uh we are kicking it out of the rain out of that cold wind yes it was cold this weekend oh my lord for us in san diego oh my lord cold as anything under 50 and it was colder than that and um either this whole weekend i was outdoors either for our event on saturday or helping friends move I was outdoors a lot and it was cold. Yeah, you had to bring on the muscle this weekend, didn't you? Oh my Lord, two days of up and down stairs with heavy furniture and boxes and packing and unpacking cars. And yeah, yeah, I uh, my my uh, Apple watch doesn't know what to do with me. It's like, well, it's all this movement, girl. <laughs> take a break. <laughs> you've, you've taken all the steps you need to take for the rest of the month. Uh, at least the next, maybe the next week. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, been clocking in 15 to 20 or more thousand a day. It's you're a good friend. You're a very good friend. I have, I have earned a spot this week. I'm not going to lie. I earned a spot this week. Yes, you have. So, uh, yeah. Moving friends is probably the, uh, the, 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 biggest thing you can do for friends honestly i think it's even bigger than watching their pooches when they go out of town i was telling d'angelo somebody was watching me pack up the car and tetrising everything in and i've got very good spatial reasoning so i'm a good packer and this man said you ought to think about doing this for a living you two should start your own company two girls will move you (laughs) Yeah. yeah right no that's what I want to do with all my time. Yeah. I want to do this no. six days a week up and down the stairs and carrying heavy things and doing those 10,000 steps. But you know, you don't have to pay for a gym. That's true. So today we have somebody very special with us. And rather than blah, 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 <laughs> all day, we are going to bring her on. All right. Well, if we're ready, we're ready, right? That was the squeaky moment. Our guest today has been a professional photographer for over 12 years, and she is brilliant at telling the untold story and noticing those unspoken details. And I love what she says. She says she captures the time in between the minutes ticking on the clock. Um, And then she references Kairos time, which is a time when conditions are just right for the accomplishment of a crucial action. So she really sees the things that we, you and I would never see. 
She's been featured in a lot of publications, San Diego Reader, Riviera Luxury Magazine, LGBT Weekly. She's shot for Google, all sorts of big name people. And she's been ranked as one of the 10 best event photographers in San Diego by Pure Space and Gigster. So please, 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 let's welcome the lovely, the talented, and the oh-so-sweet Callie Griebel. Hi, 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 hi. Callie's with us. Hi. How are you, kiddo? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, we're hanging in there. It's a beautiful day out. <laughs> During a pandemic, it's always <laughs> it's always questionable how that'll be <laughs> answered. Right? You yes. just don't know. Yes. Depends yes. on the day. This is true. This is are very we, true. Are we still in that pandemic thing? Oh yeah. Yeah. I just want to cry. For some reason, there's there's no COVID at cocktail reception so no <laughs> alcohol is a natural um sterilizer right that's right <laughs> have you been busy oh. have you been shooting a lot of uh cocktail receptions three in the last couple of days but i it's back in action i mean it it comes and goes and it truly is dependent on how bad covid is locally but there was a time a few months back where everyone actually it was before um, the end of the year. And I believe the contracts were all put on hold and then the clients were trying to make sure they get their deposits. And it was crazy. It was really hard to keep up with that. And I think that was probably why is they just want to make sure they get the value out of those contracts. Yeah. So the, the end of last year was nuts. And now spring is crazy with conventions and everything's coming back so you're booked you're finding yourself booking out rather quickly yes yeah it's been it's been really good I, I'm very grateful because you know during the lockdown it was really really sad you know just large events are all gone so it was really yeah. sad and I guess virtual events don't aren't really your thing huh <laughs> it's pretty hard to well it was sad too, because the, the clients that, you know, every year they have their conventions, they had to switch to virtual. So I, I missed out on those opportunities, mm -hmm. but, you know, I just keep in touch with them and hope everyone stays employed and can get their bills paid. Really. It's been really hard on everyone, everyone involved in the event industry, especially behind the scenes. And, you know, it's nice to see it coming back. And it's also amazing to see the energy of the events, people are so excited and so grateful and they are really living in the moment. I've noticed it's really a beautiful experience right now. I'm so appreciative to be part of it. Yeah, I, I uh, feel that too. And, and in the events world, it really is uh, a blessing because we, yeah. you know, not that, not that anybody wanted COVID to come around, but before COVID, you got a, you got the sense that people felt a little too obligated to attend events and yep you know yep. there was very little excitement about doing so um and so if for no other reason uh we have to thank current conditions for the fact that people are ready to engage again and uh party and have a great time and it almost feels new again I think that's it what we're saying. I noticed it seems like people are living in the moment a lot more and they're very appreciative about 
the little things mm-hmm. and they just get excited about like the simplest things. And it's just so, it's so joy filled. I loved it. Yeah, I, I can, I can certainly imagine that it's fun to be in those situations, shooting them and, and, uh, you know, just being involved there. Have you been doing a lot more weddings too? Have the weddings are, I'm starting to do, I've done a couple weddings during the pandemic, but it, it really, people are also reconsidering their weddings and they're not really choosing to have 250 people. They're realizing that it's just their love that's important and they'll have just immediate family or their bestest friends. And it's amazing photographing these backyard weddings with 10 of their closest friends they have incredible catering. Oh, I'm getting the chill thing about it because it is, it's like the most intimate, but most incredible experience to see these pandemic weddings. And I live for them because they're so special and they bring in like the, what's most important to them, mm-hmm. which is really just having a great time with the people that matter most to you to witness that. And then it's really neat because it also means that all the ones that I've photographed so far, they will always have a Zoom set up. We've never done stuff like that at, at weddings pre-pandemic. And it's amazing because their relatives all over the country and the world are tuned in and get to watch their wedding. I keep getting the chills thinking about it because I just get tears in my eyes where they'll, you know, the, the groom will go, hey, grandpa, it's so good to see you. And they're smiling through Zoom. And Grandpa wouldn't have seen that before. We didn't put a, po- a focus on video at our weddings. Mm. So it is amazing all the little blessings that the pandemics brought us as devastating as this has been in general. Mm. We had the same experience this weekend, uh, helping a family friend with a wedding. And the takeaway was that it didn't have to be fancy. It didn't have to be uber expensive. It didn't have to have hundreds of people. Uh, And, and, and everybody had a great time. It was, it was so beautiful in that it wasn't over the top. It was just about family and love and having a good time and enjoying the moment, as you just said. And it was interesting because at this particular wedding, uh, everything that was brought to the wedding was arranged by either a family friend or a family member. Wow. Yeah, wow. it was really awesome. Right down to the desserts. Uh, oh, incredible. wow. That which is were incredible. so special. Yeah, yeah really. It, it See, sort that's, of rem- that's amazing. It kind of reminds me, uh, not reminds me, it, it, it seems to beckon to... Uh, a day long ago when there weren't all these vendors around to help people put on their events and their weddings. Weddings were Mm -hmm. communal. You know, people came together as a community to see a couple get married and they, you know, they, they gave what they could, they donated, they contributed whatever they could. And that's what happened. And so it felt like a wedding from yesteryear, if you will. Wow. Uh, for that particular reason. And, and you know what, Callie, it rained on us. We had an, we had an outdoor oh, wedding. Oh no. Rain and, rained. and wind, heavy, and wind. heavy wind. Of course. In San Diego? Yeah. Oh, of course. Yes. It never rains until there's a wedding. <laughs> right. 
and nobody cared. Mm-mm. It was great. Nobody <laughs> cared. We cared because it rained an hour before the ceremony. We had to wipe down all the chairs. But um, yeah. once it started raining and, and the reception had begun, they were all under a canopy and, and nobody cared. It was great. Oh, good. They were also oh, man. probably the easiest oh, my gosh. wedding couple I've ever come to know. They just and grateful. They were yes. gr- easy and grateful, Aww. as was the whole family for anything anybody did. Wonderful. It was nothing but thank yous and appreciativeness and just, you know, it was lovely. It was lovely. And it truly what a wedding should be. Wow. Yeah, we get so caught up in what's not important these days, you know. Oh, I've got to yep. have this. I have to have this many yep. people. I need to have this dress. I need to have this caterer. Uh, when really that is so unimportant at the end of the day. And here I am in the event business and I'm saying it, you know, what's most important is the love, the community, the family, uh, and the joy, you know, that, that supersedes anything. You just finished something for the Biden administration, uh, that you probably, um, maybe wanted to pull a few of your hairs out handling from the way it looks <laughs> in your post. How, how do you know all my secrets? Yes, that was really, really exciting. Uh, I photographed Secretary Marsha Fudge. She's the Secretary of the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. She's very inspiring. And I think the what was most stressful was the timeline is just... Um, just trying to get access and then just trying to get in there and get the event photographed of her speaking. You know, she's only here in California for a short amount of time and they were doing a tour and it was so incredible. It was just such a powerful moment to see someone that important in our federal government here in front of me. And they had a VIP um, speaking, you know, moment in the back. And it was just like, you know, maybe seven powerhouse leaders in our housing industry speaking with her. And it was just, I, I was like pinching myself. I couldn't believe it, but it was very stressful because they wanted photos immediately. You know, was, they wanted photos, like as I was taking, I'm like, all right, that's not possible with my camera, but it was crazy because how I had to deliver them was run back to my car at the convention center. I had a cardboard box and an, an AC <laughs> converter. I like plugged it into like the cigarette lighter. I used the hotspot on my phone to like get internet. I like basically created all the photos with perfect exposure, perfect composition, like nothing is no issues. I deleted her blinks as I was photographing. So then it was just download, quick review, export, rename, like it was pretty intense. And their their job requirements were very, very specific, specific naming, specific folder. You had to send it to 10 different people. I mean, it was pretty intense, but I live for that stuff because if you feel like you've done, if you feel like you've photographed as much as you can where you get good experience, now I'm into, let's see how much I can be challenged by deadlines. I've had like, you know, 30 minute deadlines to turn around a hundred photos. And it's like, man, but I don't like cracking. I just like pushing it. And then 
when I hit send, it's like the most invigorating experience. <laughs> You've never been so excited about like getting Wi-Fi in a parking lot with a cardboard box as your desk. <laughs> Pretty incredible. The things that I have done <laughs> to so, deliver on time. It's wild. So curious minds want to know what, if they told you, what was the reason for that turnaround time? Oh, you know? because they, they push them out. So they push all those photos out um, all over just social media, but the press to just report on what she's doing. Um, the other cool thing is it actually goes in the historical archives of the U.S. government, which is also neat. So I had to send um, them a thumb drive of all the images. So those will be part of our government history. But I think the biggest thing was just to make sure they're you know, they're announcing her tour and what the experience is like. Very interesting. Uh, so it's it's really about archival, uh, you know, keeping of these moments and making sure that they're documented. Yeah. Partially. Interesting. I, how did this all come about for you? How did this land with um, you? I think, are you saying like how they found me? Yeah, yes. how they found you, were you them? You know, I, I'm i not sure how they found me other than just searching for photographers in San Diego because I think that's what he mentioned, that he saw my portfolio, he liked my work, and he knew that the photos that they were looking for were what I could deliver when I spoke to them on the phone. So I talked to the production and they were just saying, you know, we really liked your work and we were looking for someone that had quick turnaround and very skilled in low light. So I just think that above all, like the portfolio is really important to make sure that you're showing them what you want to get booked for. That's impressive. You mentioned the need for somebody who could shoot in low light. Was there no stage lighting? Was it indoors? Um, there's There's stage lighting, but... Uh, they wanted behind the scenes photos like backstage and there is like zero lighting back here. <laughs> right. Never, never is there enough light backstage. <laughs> That's the point. You know, but there's hand, there's handshaking and the, there's, you know, important moments for getting ready microphone going on, you know, just kind of like the, the whole leading up to her keynote. They wanted all of that backstage. It's, I don't know. It seems a little curious to me that we would it's need just to like the, the day a day in the life I guess you know it's just kind of showing beginning and like what the tour was like because she was going on many stops for that tour it seems to me it's a little bit of um showing the real person not just the stage yeah. persona hmm. yeah exactly because it's also um they wanted me to photograph her leaving like walking out and people coming up to her shaking her hand like whoever would just naturally show up and that was really cool too because I'm like oh my gosh I get to just follow along and it was just neat because people would come up and go oh I know you and I know you my mom like met you and blah 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 so it was just really a really cool experience it sounds cool you've worked for a big variety of companies and 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 private uh, citizens I should add them to what has been your most favorite experience shooting an event? Do you have one? Oh my gosh. I have so many favorite experiences, but I have to say, hands down. So 
you know, usually when I get inquiries, they're from production companies. They do not name the uh, client. And I'm totally fine with that. It doesn't bother me because my rate's the same for every single company. I don't upcharge because it's a big name. So she hired me, didn't really say, she's like, oh, just a little conference, three-day conference. You know, we'll have all this. And it was like quite a production from morning till night. And I was up for it. And it was at um, the, the Lodge Tory Pines, which is absolutely incredible. That is such a beautiful property. So I walk in there and I'm looking for her as a point of contact. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? What is this event? Google, what is this? And I go up and I'm like, hey, is so-and-so here? I'm, I'm here to check in. And, and she's like, yes. And I look and it's Google. And I'm like, there's no way. And I, I was pinching myself because it's one company that I've always wanted to work for. And I was actually working for their two or three day event. It was absolutely amazing. Like the speakers were inspiring. The people were so knowledgeable. Just all of the experience, the food, the dining, the networking, the partners, like I couldn't believe it. And it was like out overlooking the golf course. They had all these incredible breakout sessions and it was my time to shine. And I pushed myself to create the best photos I think I've ever taken for an event because I just, I mean, like Google means so much to me in general, just the company is really awesome. So just to represent their event like that in photos was just a really powerful time for me. And I also couldn't believe it. I'd walk down the stairs like, oh my gosh, I'm working for Google. (laughs) 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 You know, like I, I've done like work for like GE healthcare and Cisco and Stoli. Um, There's just been like big companies where you're like, I can't believe it. I'm so excited. Just, it's just neat because they're part of our social lives, you know, and our history. And it's really, really cool to work for big companies, but to also enjoy the culture that they have. That's what I love about it is an inside peek at, how things go for people that work for them. That's what I really loved. It was neat. It is, it is neat. And, and it's interesting yeah. to hear about it as well. Um, I would love to work with Google at some point. I, that would be exciting. Yeah, it, it would be, especially if the, the culture is fantastic, because then the events usually turn out to be fantastic as well. There is a definitely connection between the company culture and what happens at their events. I had a friend uh, that worked for Google. So they, some of the things that she said they did for them were pretty amazing. Callie, what, what makes a good photograph in your mind? I mean, other than composition, lighting, color, what, what do you look for in a photograph? That's a good question because I, I sit and think about, I'm going to frame this for like an event. So if I'm thinking about, because mostly I just mostly do event photography, but I really think telling a story through the photo, and I'm actually a really big sucker for ambient light. So if we're at an event where there's beautiful lighting all around them, if your shutter speed is really high, it's just going to be all dark. But I like bringing in as much ambient light with a slow shutter. So I just love like blowing out the skin so that people's skin looks really good. I actually changed my white balance so people look tan, so they look like really healthy and and like glowy and then just showing all the ambient light around them. And I also am very keen on 
how does the background play with the people in the in the front of the photo? So usually like at the Google event, I'd have the, the speaker speaking and pointing, but I'd actually walk to the back and walk left or right so that when he would point as he was speaking, he was actually pointing to the Google logo behind him. So it was just so interesting. Like if someone's speaking on stage, I love to try to get the the projector to show all of the graphs so that when he's speaking animated with his hands and you see the bar chart behind him, it kind of like tells the story of what he's doing. Mm. So now I love playing with like the people in the backdrop. It's so cool. I would imagine that's the hardest thing to do is capture the activity, capture the, capture the feeling, the vibe in, in a photograph, especially at an event when things are happening so quickly and mm -hmm. uh, you're vying for space to shoot, you know, cause there are tables and people. And uh, have you ever been unhappy with your work after a shoot? That's funny. I was just talking with a friend about that the other day. So I wouldn't say unhappy, but I'm, I'm my hardest critic. And I, like, I think in 2011, I, I went through photography school over at Grossmont College and we would do projects and you put all your stuff up and everyone sits and critiques your work, whether they have experience or not, people just look and get a feeling. So every single time when I edit my photos, I am extremely hard on myself. Like, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I get this shot? And I constantly critique my work so that the next shot, I will not, like the next job, I will not miss out. Like I will pull that person aside and just get their headshot. You know, I will just make sure that I do my best. So I wouldn't say I don't like my work. I just, I'm very hard on myself. And I'm like, why didn't I grab that photo? And I think it really pushes you to do your best at every single thing. I'm not in competition with other photographers. I'm in competition with the last event that I shot. Mm. And I see other photographers as colleagues. I've never seen them as competitors. So there's enough work for everyone. Mm. It's just making sure you do your best so that you can provide the best photography for the client. Have you ever had an occasion when a client has come back and complained about the photographs or didn't feel like you got what they wanted? Uh, has that ever happened to you? I've actually never had that happen because I think about the booking from the client perspective. So it's really important to make sure that like my lead form has all the event details. So when they fill it out, I know all of the stuff. And then I say, hey, we can hop on a call and I want to you know, hear all about the details. Then I create a proposal. But the biggest thing is we'll have a call before the event and I'll go over and ask them, I wanna know exactly what you're looking for. You know, Tell me what you expect from these photos. Do you want headshots? Like last night, the cocktail dinner, I walk up to her and she didn't have time to talk on the phone before, but she's like, you know, I, I want to make sure we get the CEO. I want to make sure we get these people. So if you get all the information right, either during the booking or before the event occurs, just make sure that you know exactly what they're looking for. And that's why I haven't had an issue with them being unhappy because we both know through the contract and through conversation and good communication, what they're looking for. That's a very good point. Yeah. 
and so necessary in our business, the communication piece, which sometimes gets lost because things happen so quickly sometimes. People get busy. Right. Planners have a thousand things going on at once. So, but that that work is so, so important. And we have the same booking, you know, entertainment and production. Oh, I bet. You know, if you don't know exactly what they're looking for, then you really can't do your best work, you know, because at the end of the day, you want to give them what they want, right? It's not about you. It's not about us. It's about our clients. That's and, right. Right. Can I ask you a quick question? Do you find that that pre-planning aids in your creativity and spontaneity on site? Oh, that's a good question. I think it does because all the, the photos that they request, those are basically insurance for me. So we make sure that we check the boxes. So, oh my gosh, there, there have been events where I will show up. They don't tell me anything. They can't give me any info. And then I show up and they hand me a list, like a shot list. And it's like 50 things on it. And I go, oh my gosh. And then I'm like, no, this is great. Because then I know exactly what they're looking for. So I can still be creative, even though they gave me this 50, 50 <laughs> item shot list. So it's nice because as a photographer, you still have like creative expression. So I think it does help aid in creativity too, because you can still work in and out of the boundaries of what they're looking for, what they need. Right. And these days I'm always like, how are you going to use these photos? That is another important part is, Oh yeah. Okay. I will frame them differently. I'll put more space around them. I'll crop them differently. So all that's important. That's a good question. That's a good point to how mm -hmm. the photos are going to be used. Um, do you, are you ever in a situation where you, you've taken a really beautiful shot and you, you, you know, it's a beautiful shot and you hand it over to somebody who doesn't quite think the same about the shot or doesn't get how beautiful it is. Have you ever found yourself um, in that situation? I haven't found myself in that situation because usually I end up delivering a gallery and then I'll after I'll just send them an email and ask for feedback. And I haven't heard anything like that. The, the only thing I have heard is getting yelled at when I was new to conventions and I jumped on stage behind the CEO giving a keynote speech. I didn't know you're not supposed to do that. And production was furious that I was trying to grab this wide angle shot of him. So I've only been yelled at. I've only heard about bad things when I'm trying to create epic photos at the time. And the funny part was the CEO said that was his very favorite photo out of the entire event. Oh my gosh. So I got so yelled at. And I like production, like the, the stage, you know, she was furious, the lady that was running it behind the scenes. And I could hear them all in their headsets. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. The teleprompters, how to, everything, how to move. I mean, I had no idea. I will never do that again. <laughs> got a great shot. Well, but that, the shot was beautiful. <laughs> well, that's interesting because, you know, there are times when I, as a producer, wouldn't want anybody on the stage shooting, but there are definitely times when I would say, definitely get on the stage and shoot this from, you know, wherever you can, wherever you can find the best angle. So, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, there, and that's also, um, uh, it's also a lesson in the number of 
bosses that there can be at these events. You know, you're working <laughs> for a particular oh, client, yeah. right? And yeah. I assume you're brought in by the client and not necessarily the production company in this case. Production. It was actually a production company. Ah, ah, they brought you in. Was it the same company that was there on site? I assume so, yes. So production company, but then also there were um, AV people that were unrelated. So I didn't know the stage, the stage manager at that point until I got yelled at. And then I, I know her very well. <laughs> I see her at, I see her at events often and she's like, I know you. <laughs> Every time I see her. I'm like, I know you too. And I promise I will stay off the stage. And we have a good laugh every time. It's just so fun. Oh, that's good to know. That's <laughs> yeah, good to that's... hear. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, I mean, that's, that great. does happen though. In this case, you were brought in by the production company. But um, in many cases, the client will bring in a photographer. The production company is there to produce the yeah. meeting. And, you know suddenly they'll give you direction and tell you where they don't want to see you and where they want to see you. And that could be kind of difficult, mm -hmm. right? Because you're there yep. at the behest of the client. So, so how do you, how do you navigate those situations when somebody on site is telling you not to do something and you've got specific instruction to do something? Oh, I've actually had that happen where I'm working for production. And then there's also the sponsors have their own photographers. The client has their photographer. And then, I mean, there's times when I'm being told to not photograph someone from a certain angle that they can only be photographed. The speaker can only be photographed from the right. And then also there's video. So that's another obstacle. So I'm constantly like, video for me always has priority because if if they're running live video or they're displaying on the screen I don't want my big old head on the on those the large screens while the speaker's speaking so I actually just tread lightly you know at the end of the day I'll bring a telephoto lens I'll stay out of the way of everyone but sometimes it's a juggle and the best thing to do is shake hands with everyone smile and be as nice as you can be because we're all trying to check off our list and it's way easier to just be cool with everyone than be a real pain. And I've worked with people that are a real pain and it's so unpleasant. It's like, why? Like we're, we're just here to just capture a really cool event. And the ones where we're laughing and smiling and having a good time, even though that we're basically shooting the same event, but for different people, like we've had a really good time just when everyone's cool with it. You just kind of have to roll with it. Like I, I don't get hung up on all that stuff. It's just easier to go with the flow and to pivot if anything is challenging because I, then you're, you're not stressed out by it. Yeah. And I, and I, and I think also that some people lose the fact that everybody is there for a specific reason and everybody has yes. a stake, right? And so you have a stake yeah. as a photographer and while the producer would rather see your photos than you, uh, you, you have to get them done. And um, there are going to be mm -hmm. times when you're going to be seen in the room. And that's just, that's just how it happens. Uh, and I think what might be going on when you get a lot of that pushback, I know this happens to us, is we don't know what to expect. We don't know that somebody's coming in to shoot something or to take real. 
and then suddenly they're there and they're in the shots or they're as you said their head is in the video yeah. and so because you're not nothing's been communicated to you as a producer you're suddenly on the this is not supposed to happen get them out of the way get them out of the you don't you know you lose the fact that they're a stakeholder as well and that you have to work with them uh so i i can imagine there's a lot of that i i know there have been times when i uh a photographer has come in that i didn't know was going to be showing up but it's oh, always yeah. You know, it's just important because it's to work with them and to give them the lay of the land and to let them know where you prefer they didn't stand and where they could stand and, you know, all of this stuff. Because at the, even if it happens at the very last minute, mm -hmm. somebody's hired the photographer to come in and document the event and far yeah. be it from me as a producer to get in the way of that. Well, and to yeah. realize too that everybody in that room is important. Like you said, they have a stake, but they're, they're important. And if we treat everybody yeah. as if they're important and respect that, it makes for everybody playing in the sandbox a whole lot nicer. Yeah. And it's not always easy because, you know, these are stressful. Uh, they can be very stressful. Usually, you know, people are, you know, looking at the clock and things have to happen in a certain time frame. And uh, maybe there wasn't a lot of rehearsal or the setup time was, was um, truncated. Right. And, you know, all of that, all of that stuff that happens that that really nobody is supposed to see, but does does affect the work and the sometimes the mood of people uh, because these things tend to come together uh, haphazardly at times, you, you know, especially if there isn't right. somebody at the helm, a planner at the helm who has all of the ducks in a row and knows what's happening. And I'm sure that that the fact that there isn't somebody there to help you is probably more prevalent than not. Uh, yeah. You know, you have to sort of um, be a go-getter and, and sort of start the process without sometimes without any direction, right? Just start shooting and get what you can, I assume. Yeah. I actually, I prefer that because if you've done all your pre-planning and you're prepared and you have all your notes, you really, can just be on your own and just get the job done because you know you already know what they need and it's been interesting because I've worked on I've worked all the different aspects like I've actually worked the convention or I've been hired just by the keynote speaker or I've just been hired by the sponsor mm -hmm. um, one time I was hired by a production company just to photograph them doing the event which was amazing and it like takes all the pressure off of you because they just want photos for their website and their portfolio. So it is interesting to work with all the different hats. I mean, I can't imagine being the production company and taking care of everyone's hats. I mean, that is a lot of responsibility. So I do see how much pressure it is to be the production and how all the pieces fit together. I, I can't imagine how much responsibility that much must be with a timeline and all the vendors. It's pretty wild. It's, it is wild, although I have to share with you uh, a couple of years ago when we did the Latitude show virtually, we did a, uh, 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 we connected with CNBC who was going to come into our event and uh, take a piece of it for their live broadcast. And, you know, mm -hmm. if you've ever been on headsets with those of us in event in, in the event world, it can get pretty, you know, pretty uh, 
stressful on those headsets, but listening to CNBC on their headsets was an incredible experience because the amount of stress that they have in the TV world is 10 times no. more than we have in the event world with regard to timing and when no. things that need to happen. And oh my gosh, the stress level, it was exciting. That's how stressful it was. Wow. Uh, you know, with, with somebody on the other end yelling and, and wanting things to happen immediately. And why didn't that happen? And it was crazy. So uh, it's just, a, it's a phenomenon that, that, you know, you deal with when you're, when you're under the under the, the clock, like we are all the time. Wow. Yeah, that, that's intense. And it's crazy how people get so tolerant and used to that level of high stress that it doesn't even phase them. And that's like how they work. That's their baseline. So much stress. <laughs> right, right. You should, you toughen up. <laughs> so tell us about Kairos time. Kairos, oh, Kairos time. time. Yeah, Kairos time. Kairos time. Oh. Thank you for that. I love it. You like know all these things that I don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so I, it's interesting. So with COVID, with the lockdown, it was really intense. 2019, I was at the height of my career working nonstop, uh, getting big clients. And I was really excited about all the work that I had put in and invested in, in myself. I was finally seeing how beautiful it's turning out. And then we had the lockdown. And I was like, now what? Like events are, are gone. And I felt like my career I built up over a decade just completely vanished and I'd never see it again. So I, I was basically grieving for my job and I did soul searching to figure out, hey, what's next? So I decided to wipe my tears and invest in myself and kind of pivot because I was thinking that having to pivot is growth, but it's also survival because we don't know what's going to happen in the pandemic and like our events ever going to come back. I would hear this is our new normal. And, and it would just really stress me out thinking, mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I don't want this to be the new normal. If mm -hmm. there's no more events or live anything. So Iro's time I've had this in, I've had it in the back of my head for a long time. I feel that when I take photographs, I, I watch and I just kind of take in the moment. And Cairo's time is the time between the hands ticking on the clock, like Chronos time. And it's really sitting and like seeing and observing the things that make moments special. Like I always, it gives me, it gives me the chills again, like just watching mom as her you know daughter's getting married and you see her eyes well up or just uh, seeing like, a kid get really excited when they're pulling out the cotton candy, you know, and all their eyes widen and, and just seeing like an award winner, like feeling so humbled by winning the award and shaking the CEO's hand. So that's kind of how I photograph events. So I decided with the pandemic, you know, maybe family photography, maybe I should push myself way out of my comfort zone you know, posing people is not my vibe. I really like candid. So I opened up my family photography brand during the pandemic and I just wanted to see where it could go. And it was neat to see, you know, to push myself. And I had plenty of time to set up contracts and get the whole workflow going. But it's just neat to see a different aspect of my work because I'm so used to show shooting convents, corporate, 
and now like capturing milestones for families. So that's what Cairo's time is, but it's also like a deeper meaning for me too. So it's a kind of, it's a special thing for me. So is it a time when conditions are right for the accomplishment of a crucial action? Is that the definition of Cairo's time? It's hard to explain. It's like when time stands still. Ah, it's getting the moments, right? It's capturing the yes. moments in between that fly by so quickly. They're almost imperceptible to, to people. But, Nailed it. but you're okay. That's what, that's what I thought. Um, and it's interesting because in school, we're reading a book called The Power of Moments. And uh, of course, the idea behind this book is that that things, um, as a leader in business, you you have to look at the moments and you make them special. People, you know, it's sort of like, if you will, um, bringing it down to its very smallest piece, the moment, if you will, and making the yeah. most of those moments as you can. And that's what you do. You capture them when other people may not even see them happening. Which exactly. is awesome because at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're providing photos of emotions and feelings, right? People can look at a photo and say, wow, I know what's going on in that photo. That Jen is so proud to get this award. You can see it in his face. Uh, but that's what makes it magical, right? That's what makes the photo magical is that you've caught that moment. Exactly. And it's not the in-between, right? It's not just the handshake. It's the handshake and the smile and the eyes, all of that combined. It's so like after the handshake, it's like they'll grimace their mouth and like like about to cry and their eyes are getting well, you know, welling up. And you can just feel like, wow, all the hard work I did for third quarter sales, you know, and now I'm going to Hawaii, you know, with this award. Like it's just capturing what they're feeling at the time when all that stuff's going on. So the audience is clapping for that moment, but I'm actually like seeing differently than what the crowd sees. And it's no different than when people get married, you know, you're at the wedding and there's so much stress to make sure everything's running, you know, properly. You're not seeing what the little kid's doing or mm -hmm. seeing what the relative who's hugging who. And that's what I really want to capture as an event photographer. And it does play over into family photos. Like I, I just don't like posed and stiff photos. And so I really, in family photography, I'd really like the kids to be running around and crazy and the, the parents to be, you know, wrestling with their kids and laughing. Like to me, that's kind of how family and parenting really is. Not, not just right. sitting posed. Right. So I exactly. hope to capture that as I get time, you know, with that. Well, it's so important for us in events too to get those kinds of pictures because at the end of the day, if anybody's marketing them for one reason, that um, they need the shot, the shot that tells the story that they can use in their exactly. in their marketing, right? That that gets people to register, and that's a lot of pressure on a moment on a photographer. Uh, but those of you who do it well, do it really well. Mm. And then there are people who just don't get it. You know, you'll see, you'll, you'll, you can, you can see the event through the photographs, but you can't necessarily feel it. What information do you need to do your best work at an event? 
you know, it's funny over the years, sometimes I challenge myself and I, I just, well, basically the lead form would be what I start with, but sometimes I show up and I have no idea what I'm going to photograph. And I also feel like if you do that, it challenges you to make sure you tell the full story so that regardless of what you think they need, you already have everything that they need. Mm. So at a minimum, I will ask like the event name, date, location. And then I just ask for hours because the way I, it's just an hourly rate pretty much. And then turn time. So we have a clear expectation, like, do they want them next day or whatever? And now I ask for COVID protocols so I can judge whether it's a safe environment to work in, or if it's just going to be crazy with everyone breathing on each other, right. <laughs> like no masking, no, you know, no vaccination required. So it's weird now, but, you know, sometimes being challenged by not knowing almost makes sure that you make sure you cover everything really well. Like winging it for me is a challenge to see, you know, how well I can capture everything. Um, you also mentioned needing to know or asking where the photo photographs will be used. How, why is that important for you? So for photography, sometimes, you know, with Instagram, there's limitations on the size mm -hmm. and the ratio of the height to the, the width. And I want to make sure, you know, if, if they need it for a website slideshow, that's a wide angle. So I want to make sure that I put someone in the right spot and then I stand far back to have a lot of space because ultimately they'll need to crop in on their website. Um, I'm not really hung up on how people use the images, like the clients, if they want to promote them. Um, I've, I've just, it's really important for me to not create photos for them that are not usable. You know, right. if they just need a small little gallery, but it has to be this size, like for instance, those um, they'll sometimes they'll ask for photos next day for the slideshow on the screen at the event. Mm -hmm. That's like a 16 by nine ratio. Mm -hmm. So I've actually actually cropped them and delivered them wide angle so that she's, you know, the lady wasn't uh, stressed out about them all being cropped because she says, man, the last photographer, he handed us these photos. And when we put them on the widescreen for the slideshow, everyone's heads were cropped on it. And everyone was laughing because you just saw teeth. Every photo. Well, <laughs> that's also the fault of the producer. <laughs> right. You know, to know what you've got to work that. with. Right. <laughs> right. It's got to be 1920 by 1080, 169. You know, I mean, all of that would be helpful for but you. But even to know like you're not, like you wouldn't want to deliver these massive photos for like a slideshow. Like, so if I know that they're going to be putting them on the screen next day, like I'll make them really light and file size too. So these people aren't taking, you know, an hour to download photos mm -hmm. while we're on, on hotel Wi-Fi, because, you know, time's money and even sharing them. Like I I'll deliver a, an online gallery because like 10 people need to get these photos. So it's really important to really listen to the client, what their needs are. And like, what the deliverables need to be so that they can do their job well. And they really remember that. Like, I don't want to be a hassle. I actually want to be, you know, a partner in them getting their job done too. Right. It's important. It's so important. Very, very important. And, you know, the file size of the photos, what you're mentioning now is the kind of thing that happens at the very last minute 
as you just said, when you're trying to compile these and get them into some kind of a format to show them to people, uh, that's, that's when the crap hits the fan, right? And everybody's stressed out because this has to happen fast. And that's where a file size that's way too large will screw everything. And so it's the smallest detail, right? It's the mm-hmm. thing that we don't think about until it's in front of us and then we have to. Uh, but the fact that you as a photographer are asking these questions, that's you're already a step ahead. Right. You know, because you already know, okay, these are the possible possible uses of these photos. Let me ask the question so I'm clear. That's going to help them at the end of the day if they've already, if they haven't, because some producers won't know. Right. You know, they'll just think I'm going to get these photos and I'm going to put them in this PowerPoint and I'm going to be done with it. It's not always that easy. Right. But oh, you're making gosh, them yeah, look good as, yeah, you're making <laughs> right. them look good as if they knew what they wanted or knew what they needed when they didn't. And you've, yeah, you've now made them look really good. So there are, I've worked for, I mostly work for production companies and event planners that work for the client. So the client wants the best photo, but also I'm working for the production company. They hired me and I want to make sure that the trust that they put in me, you know, it's coming through in the product I'm delivering them so that the client is happy with them. And that is a huge responsibility that I don't take lightly. And it's really important to make sure that not only production's happy, but the client's happy. Because I would love to work with some of these companies are incredible to work with. A lot of entertainment is amazing, by the way, to work for. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Super, like, wait, should we just go off on that tangent? Like, the events that I've worked for, (laughs) just decor, details, the timeline is so polished. Like, everyone knows where everyone needs to be. Um, The the talent is incredible. The musicians, my head's, like, spinning, like, I don't need to worry about decor and details once the photograph. There's like a million things that are so beautiful that I need to capture. <laughs> well, thank you for that. It's, yes, it's, it's been amazing. And also you as an MC, which I've seen a couple times, like your voice is so soothing on a microphone. I wish I could capture that in a picture. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. <laughs> thank, thank, thank you for I that. Tried. You. <laughs> Keep trying. but you know the production company really does have a big responsibility on the timeline and just making sure that the experience is very unique and that everyone is just having a great time but it's nice to just see really good talent and beautiful music played and the food is really delicious and it really makes a, a difference have you ever been uh, treated poorly on site by a client? And if so, what 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 was the treatment? That actually just happened. And I, I don't know if it's pandemic stress or not, but uh, I think it was like last year, the event planners that were doing the event, those girls micromanaged me so much on site. You know, during our emails and stuff, I didn't really pick up on that at all but I think I was there three hours at this event and they basically walked around and told me take a picture of this they would go around and point and go did you get a picture of this did you get a picture of this I spent more time just walking around like 
being led and photographing but then I was like I already got that I already got that well can you please take it again and I'm like thinking man they must have dealt with some really incompetent photographers but you know I'm figuring instead of like upset I'm like you know what at least they're telling me exactly what they want Mm -hmm. so that they have their needs met and I think it was the stress of the pandemic just trying to get back in the loop after we've been offline for so long really think that's probably what it was they just want to make sure that they're doing their best work but the funny part was is that they got the photos like I wouldn't have shot it any differently because everything they asked for is what I would naturally photograph so Mm. they spent a lot of time when they could have just spent it on the tasks that I'm incapable of doing so not production so I just don't think micromanaging like if you hire the right vendors I don't think micromanaging is necessary because they already know what they need to do for you and we all have our parts that come together so that everyone can you know as a whole create the right experience for everyone or the right product for everyone which in my case would be the photo it was it was really weird I think also in your case it's a, a bit different in that your work is viewed after everything is over and so there's no chance yeah. to go back and correct it, right? So people could get very stressed out That's about, right. you know, and it's great that you see it and you you have the empathy to yes. understand that, okay, they're just trying to do their best work. They're stressed out. I'm not going to let it get to me because at the end of the day, that's usually what it is. And that w- that's what makes you a better professional and that you don't get so tied down by all of that stress. You know, you just, you go for what, you do what you're, you're there to do and you keep it as upbeat as possible. Uh, it's, it's really important. You know, we, we, we can't make light of that because when you're in an event and things are happening quickly, the, the attitude that you bring is crucial. If you're, yes. if you're a Debbie Downer, yes. right, you're not going to get the best out of people. There's a fear factor in trusting who you've hired. I think that's part of it too, oh, because you I feel bet. like if you're not micromanaging, you're not doing your job. And, and there's a balance between right. checking in and trusting and micromanaging. And I think that that balances, it, those lines get blurred. I totally agree. And you so that's why with- it's really important to hire good vendors mm-hmm. that are very experienced, that you know, you can trust them and know that they're going to get the job done. So, Kelly, to that point, what could you give us an idea of some of the questions we should be asking photographers when we when we're uh, interviewing them for a job? Oh, good point. So what questions to ask photographers? How do we know? I mean, man, I. How do we know we're getting we're getting what we need? Gosh. You know, what are the questions we should ask? Well, the first thing I think for production is also make sure you know exactly what the client needs so that you can express that to the photographer because sometimes the event companies don't, they don't really know. And I'll ask them and they don't really have the answers. And those are the events where I just show up and I'm winging it. And that was the event. That was the event where they handed me the 50 item task list. Like you need to photograph all this because they just found out. So they weren't communicating well with their client. And then that fell on my shoulders. And I kept asking them for a run of show. And it was just crazy that they had all that stuff. So I think 
the event production companies, they really need to ask their client what the needs are. And then when it comes to asking the photographer, I always laugh when I, there's been very rare times when the production or the client will ask, what gear do you shoot with? And really, it doesn't really matter because what you should be looking at is their work product. Like look at the portfolio and is this the style that I will be receiving? You know, if you keep looking at consistent photos, you're like, okay, it looks like they're capable of this. And then I think that also the biggest thing would be, which I've had a problem because I've tried to hire um, sub photographers is what are all the costs involved? I think it's easy just to shoot at a flat rate and include things. And I've, I've hired photographers where they have a shoot rate, then they have an edit rate, they have an idle rate, and they have all these rates. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to go broke trying to do all this. But also, why didn't you tell me that there was an edit fee? You know, it's just like kind of crazy. So you want to make sure that you're aware of everything that they provide with that fee and then also delivery time. And the biggest thing is, how will the photos be delivered? I think that's really important to make sure because you don't want to be surprised and get something that's impossible to deliver to your client. Um, there's so many options to deliver too. So I think it's really important for event companies to talk to the client and then relay that to the photographer and then also give the photographer as much information so that they can do their best work. I noticed that the more prepared I am, the more I can, you know, do exactly what they're looking for. But it's also up to me as the, you know, the professional to ask those questions too. So I guess we all play really important, like integrative roles in making sure that overall the event is a success, not only produced properly, but also documented properly and documented well. So there are photographers out there that will charge for editing and idle time and uh, uh, work that you think should- Necessary. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Weird. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird. It's, it sort of feels a little bit like a lost leader, like you're going to be paying one rate and then to get the photographs, you're gonna to have to pay even more. Like going to a restaurant and yeah. there's a charge for looking at the menu and a charge for ordering the food and then a charge <laughs> for receiving the food. Right. And there are photographers. Or like, who, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, or like there's some places where you have to order everything a la carte. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how it felt when I was trying to hire the guy. Like I have to order my potatoes and my, my green beans. It doesn't just come with the, the main item. <laughs> <laughs> So crazy. Um, like I had a, a client. So normally if there's idle time, you know, maybe like 30 minutes, if you're hiring, you know, for three hours and there's like a 30 minute break, it's all just the same. It's just part of that rate. But I just had a client that I've worked with before. They are amazing to work with, just incredible people to, to, as a point of contact, but also the people that are part of the place. And there were like an hour and a half, um, like idle time between each set and I worked 13 hours like last weekend so I worked you know from 8 a.m to like 9 30 at night or whatever it was crazy and there was idle time that was like an hour and a half or something between each and I'm like what am I going to do with all that time it's like an hour to two hours I decided to bring all of my gear and I edited that session 
so that it was all done by the time I went to the next and to the next. So that by the end of working two long days, all the work was done. So I didn't charge them for idle time. And then they got their photos almost immediately. And they actually got their photos on the day of the event, even though it was a three-day guarantee. And they were showing them on, on Facebook and sharing them with all the colleagues. And they were so excited. So you really, as a photographer, as a professional, really need to think, okay, how valuable is it for me to charge for that idle time and go way beyond their budget? You can either get hired and just be creative with your time that's not spent shooting, or you, I probably wouldn't have gotten booked because it was probably double the rate with all that idle time if I charged for it. Right, right. Yeah, for all you and know, I they actually, got. For all you know, oh, they go got a rate. They got a rate with idle time from somebody else, right? For all you they know, that could have happened. probably did. Right. And the funny part is I called, a call, I texted a colleague and I said, hey, you know, you're an expert with events. Tell me how you would do this. And he said, if you really like the client and you really want to do the job, don't charge for it. Stay busy during idle time. And he was recommending just edit during the time. I'm like, I never even thought about that. Mm-hmm. So I got the cardboard office desk. I got the AC <laughs> adapter for the car. There you go. <laughs> Add it again. <laughs> oh, I seriously, I parked in the parking garage. I got like my foam bed. I got the cardboard off, like the desk. I set it all up. I had it all. I got the Wi-Fi going. And then I'd go back to the hotel and I'd upload on their Wi-Fi on the, the conference Wi-Fi password. I mean, you make it work. <laughs> And that's all the minutiae that a client yeah. really doesn't want to know about. <laughs> right. They just want the photos, right? So thank you for making. They don't know work. about my. <laughs> right. They don't know about my cardboard desk, but I did send photos to my mom, so she knows about the cardboard desk. Because I'm like, this is just hilarious. The things that I do to make, just to make it work. But it was amazing because they got their photos that day, and I, I had all my work done. But I also shoot photos so that there's hardly any editing time. Like a college professor said, when you photograph, get it right in the camera, set your white balance, get the cropping done, like, you know, make the exposure as perfect as possible because you're a photographer, you should be shooting properly in camera. You shouldn't be like a graphic designer where you're downloading them and then you're spending double the time editing. Right. And I think that's what separates great photographers from okay photographers because they'll just shoot in raw, which gives you a lot of flexibility in your lighting and all the exposure and white balance. And then they'll just spend hours. But that hourly rate is still the post editing time. Like you still have to include that. Right. And I know friends that seriously make minimum wage because they spend so much time in post working on photos. I was thinking about that the other night. Uh, the couple hired a photographer who was there all night. And all I could think when I looked at him was, oh, his work is just beginning because now he's got to go back with all these photos. <laughs> and I know. No, no, I them... Well, I got... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I just want to hear what you're saying. Oh, no, I just... Going back to the Kairos time, it's just now that you brought that up and, and I know it, it it put a a meaning, a word a, into what I saw. There was a moment between me and the groom 
and it wasn't between me and him. I was standing next to him when he had a moment, but there was no picture, but it is etched in my brain, the look on his face. And I wish there could have been a picture of it because it, it made me cry. It was so beautiful. It was such a sweet moment. And I think about it now and I get teary because there's the look on his face and that wasn't, and it wasn't any, you know, due to the photographer or anything, he wasn't right there at that moment. And it was, it was beautiful. Yeah. One more question. I'm the worst wedding guest. I'm the worst (laughs) wedding guest because man, if I'm sitting in the crowd, I'm constantly critiquing that photographer. Like, how'd you miss that shot? How'd you miss that shot? That's why (laughs) I'm like, I don't know if I want to go to the wedding because there's going to be a photographer and I'm constantly going to be wanting to take those photos that are being missed. (laughs) Well, we we might have to go together then because I'm the guy who's saying, why did they do it that way? Why? I can't hear them. (laughs) That might, I'm that guy. Oh my gosh, right? Right. Yeah. I should. Totally from production and timeline. (laughs) Right. I have one more question for you because then we have to wrap, but um, there are times when I will work with a photography group uh, that the client has hired and they'll come in with their flashes ready to flash in the room. And that is one of my biggest pet peeves uh, when they don't have enough lighting and they want to use a flash on stage. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Oh man, I have critiques about that too. Too, drives me up the wall and I think you know I started in nightlife where I excel at, at low level light you know so I love when it's really dark because you have maximum control and I think people that are flashing especially during stage mm-hmm. when there's a bright stage that is actually an experience and it also puts a blue cast usually on the stage it usually blows out highlights where you know people are not exposed properly the, the best photographers, you know, they, they don't use flash and they're actually moving around the room and capturing the stage mm-hmm. from different angles. I've seen that. that. That actually drives me crazy. When I've been at the event, like as an attendee, and I'm like, what is that guy doing? Why is he doing that? <laughs> and for people on stage, I'm sure it's super annoying to have a flash. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been at events with multiple photographers and they'll get right up in there and flash, 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 like, that would drive me nuts if I'm trying to speak and call up like mm-hmm. award winners or something. The time and a place for that. So now that I'm thinking about it, there will be times when it's extremely important for like say an award winner and they're, do- they're holding the plaque and they're shaking the hand. You do want flash for those because it's a polished edge on there. But for live stage where there's movement and singing and dancers, definitely don't use flash. Well, it's also dangerous. They need because... to get it right. It's also, it's dangerous for the performers. And uh, I mean, I would hear people complain, oh, actors, why don't they, you know, why can't you have flash photography? Because you don't want them to fall into the orchestra pit. Right. Because you blinded them. Yeah. Right. And and there's another thing as well. And that is, especially now with virtual uh, coming on strong and the fact that we'll be doing hybrid events, it doesn't work for the camera for the video camera, right. uh, for, it just doesn't mm-hmm. work. And when you're shooting something that's going straight to vis- to to, uh, to a virtual platform, it's hard for the people who are watching because they'll see the flashes and it's, it's very distracting. Uh, it just doesn't right. work. It doesn't look good. 
so I'm glad I'm glad to hear you say that. I've had on occasion to deal with that in a live room and be the the hammer that comes oh, down no. on the flash and said to say no flash. But I can't take the shot without Over flash. Well, you. then you're going to have to figure something out because we can't have flash. Then yeah. Exactly right. So I actually push my camera. You push it to the maximum so that it takes the, the best photo. Like you you make sure that the f-stop, you know, is 2.8, the lowest possible, crank up the ISO, and then you make the shutter speed go as, as low as you can to make sure that there's no motion blur. But just, I push my camera in so many instances where I feel like if I push it any further with the settings, then we're going to like run into a decrease in quality somewhere. So mm -hmm. I think it's people not knowing their gear well enough and they just rely on the flash like as a, a way to like capture it because it will like stop motion a little bit, but gosh, for stage, definitely. Mm -hmm. That's that's like one of my pet peeves actually. And when you're using that slow, no. that slow shutter speed, you have to be very careful yourself right? You have to, Yeah. you can't jar or, or, or move or tick, you know, you have to be very steady with the camera. Yeah. I, I learned a lot of that in nightlife too, because I'll shoot at like a sixth and no one, no one does stuff like that. Like last night at the cocktail party, I was shooting at like a 30th or at a 20th of a second. And people that don't have a steady hand, that would really look like a mess right. for stage when people are moving, it's either like a 60th or a hundredth of a second. There's actually rules of to make sure if there's movement and a good photographer will, you know, take the picture, but like a great photographer will actually review and zoom in and go, okay, is this enough? Is this too much? It's better to underexpose than to overexpose because then it's just a blur. And I also think if you can't stop motion on the stage events, that's also you know, something that you can improve on as a photographer. If, if it's just a lot of blur, that's, that's usually just not knowing the camera well enough. Mm. Like one little thing to show movement, like a lady swirling her dress, you know, that's, you oh okay, that, that's cool. You see the swirls, but when it's the entire stage production and everything's blurry, you know, they just need to improve their, their setting choice. It's interesting information for those of us who are not good with cameras. I, I'm the first to admit that I'm not good with a camera. Uh, before we That's let you go, you have, to, go you ahead. have to shoot a manual. You cannot, well, you can't shoot in auto. You have to shoot in manual if you want optimal photos. That's the, the key there because the camera doesn't know that someone's twirling on stage. And so it'll just take to expose the light, but it's not proper. That's why it'll be blurry. Uh, one more question for you. I'm, I'm not supposed to ask because we're supposed to wrap up, but what were you going to do when you thought photography was over during COVID? Did you have an idea so, other than the portraits? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's crazy. I, I've i been doing yoga since uh, college. I actually signed up for yoga teacher training and I actually still have this on the to-do list and I need to get certified by the end of December it's just now that everything's ramped up and it's like, we're not in lockdowns. Now I don't, I don't have time, but right. I actually was like thinking maybe I will get into yoga teaching. So, you know, I never know. It'd be a great skill. It's a great personal skill and knowledge to have. Um, I'm not sure where it'll head. I've just, photography is my calling and I, I feel it really strongly in my heart and my soul. Like the event photography 
I love it, love it so much. It fills me up so much. So I just, I'm grateful every day. I'm very humble and I just appreciate every opportunity. It shows in your photos. It does. Thank you. So before we let you go, we have a little game. We haven't played it in a while. Uh, it's called This or That. And we have 10 questions that we'd like to ask you. Oh my God. <laughs> All you have to do is say, I prefer this or that. And there are 10. You can say, I would like both of them only one time. And you can say, I would like neither of them only one time. <laughs> the other eight, oh my you, you have to pick this or that. Okay. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to play? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> don't be too afraid. It w- don't be but too afraid. These are easy. Winging it. See, this is winging it. I, right. I like it. Improv. Okay. This or that. Number one, color or black and white? Ooh. This. I love color. Color. Uh, two, rain or shine? Rain. Uh, number three, red carpet or rock concert? Oh, that's tough. Rock concert. Mm. Mm. Portraits or candids? I think we know this one already. Oh, candids. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's where the fun is. That's, uh, you made that quite clear. I almost <laughs> took the question out, but I thought we'll still keep it in. Uh, face painting or fence painting? <laughs> Somebody's painting oh a fence, my folks. Gosh. Somebody's painting a fence. I have... I love that you've been following that on Facebook. I've been painting my fence for like a year. Oh my gosh. Neither. (laughs) (laughs) No mincing words there. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Like no, no face painting. Like the best thing about the pandemic is I get to just put on eye makeup and the whole rest, there's no foundation, no lipstick, nothing. So I don't even want to do face painting either. (laughs) (laughs) Neither do I. Even though uh, it's probably for a face painting like a clown or something. <laughs> no, we, well, it we depends were... on how you do your makeup. That's right. <laughs> yeah, me, Faye. Uh, <laughs> PR firms or event planners? Oh. As you work with both. Event planners. Thank you. Uh, camping yeah. or glamping? Oh. Lamping. I'm getting old. Hey, you, that's the only way you're getting Alex and I to go with you. So and that's not even an age thing. That's just no. That's just a. I I I don't want to tinkle uh, on myself ever again in life. So <laughs> no, I need a bathroom. It's like creature. It's like creature comfort too, yeah. and like just you know, I don't I don't like roughing it. And the older I get, I need like a legit mattress out there. Like I've seriously brought a mattress to my tent. <laughs> Kelly, <laughs> when I, I used to bed. Yep. And you bring it with you when you go camping. I insist oh, on I an air mattress, so yes, the air mattress is great until until it sinks and then you have no air at 2 a.m. Every single fun. time. So the last <laughs> time the last time I went camping, I was in fifth grade. 
And I got so sick after that camping trip because we went to the Everglades. I'm from Miami that I I've never been camping again since then. I'm a lightweight. Oh, we we will have to check the box and go camping for sure. Glamping or camping? I would say glamping because it's like it's just I don't know. We bring you just bring your creature comfort so that it's like a touch of nature and a touch of like home and you kind of combine them. So now we used to tent camp and now we got an RV. So I just feel like that's glamping all the time. Though. Oh, that is glamping. <laughs> it's a How- toilet that flushes. <laughs> Hot shower. <laughs> right. Without bugs. Right. How glampish yes. of you. Uh, okay. <laughs> Number eight, digital or print? Both. Both. Number nine, spinach or peas? Spinach. Thank you. And very last question. We may already know the answer to this too, but Hmm. flash or natural light? Oh, you're going to be surprised. Definitely flash. I am surprised. I, yeah. I'm uber surprised. I, I can't stand natural light. I'm not a fan of sunshine and photographing in sunshine. Give me the darkest conference room, a nightlife, like a bar, and let me do the flash with as much bringing in all the ambient light and just creating like a really dynamic, cool picture. My family photography is challenging me because it's sunlight and it's speckled through the trees and you know, it's like bright in their eye and everyone's squinting. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't control all that, but dark environments, you can, it's fully controllable and it's consistent. And depending on like how high or low your flash power is and your settings, you, there's like full control over it. So you know what the outcome's going to be instead of the tree moving and then it's speckled on the mom's eye and like the kids are running around, and there's leaves and uh, it's just too much. <laughs> but I'll still do it because it's a challenge (laughs) right well I I have a thought for you if if you ever decide you don't want to photograph anymore you could absolutely teach this yes I don't know if you've thought about that I actually I actually do mentor other photographers and I feel like, I really want, I love to have a mentor. I know I've like, I've reached out to D'Angelo over the years so many times. He's given me incredible business advice when I'm in a, like a bind. But I also want to teach people everything I know. And I will do it for free and just tell people, you know, all of my secrets. But it's also the self-confidence and them feeling their worth that really makes it a make or break thing. So they can learn all the technique, but if they don't believe in themselves, it really goes nowhere. Hmm. And it's really, really important as a photographer to know your worth and feel good about your work, to know your camera well, so that you feel confident with all the techniques to be the best business person you can be. There's a lot more than just doing photos. There's the business aspect of it too, but also, it comes way down to the self-confidence. And I think that is what holds people back is them feeling confident about themselves. Yeah, I can, I can understand that completely. It's, it's uh, it does deter people from doing their best work and 
from challenging themselves like you are because you don't really know what you're worth or you don't know really really know what you're you're uh capable of Mm -hmm. until you push yourself uh you know could always be a thought in your head until you do it you know get in the body it's been so nice to chat with you uh we love working with you one best photographers we've ever worked with and uh we know you're going to be very busy hallie (laughs) griebel my website is photosbycali.com. Photosbycali.com. Thank you for joining us, Callie. Oh, goodness. If you've enjoyed this episode, please continue to listen to us. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please give us five stars. Anywhere else, please let your friends know you're listening. Continue to listen and tell them about us. If you have any questions or comments, please leave them at bolotta.com. That's B-O-L-L-O-T-T-A.com. On the podcast tab, you'll find a little square there to give us your comments or your questions, and we'll be sure to bring them up on this podcast. Thanks so much for listening. For now, we say goodbye. Bye. Stay engaging. Bye.